Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau condemns anti-vaccine protesters and attacks the Conservative leader's position on them. And Aaron O'Toole is siding with them instead of with Canadians who did their part and stepped up. He's talking about personal choice. What about my choice to keep my kids safe? What about our choices to make sure we're getting through this pandemic as quickly as we can? Aaron O'Toole highlights the Conservative plan to balance the budget over the next decade. As a father of two, I want to leave a better Canada for my children. Business as usual isn't good enough. Canadians need more. Canada needs more. Only Canada's Conservatives have a plan to get spending under control and balance the budget. And Jugmeet Singh says the NDP will target wealthy speculators who flip houses. One of the big problems that we're seeing is that very wealthy investors are using the housing market like a stock market. And we want to tackle that. We want to get big money out of housing. So if someone here in Port Moody Coquitlam is looking to buy their home, they shouldn't have to compete with people with deep pockets that are gaming the housing market like a stock market. It's Wednesday, September the 1st. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories from the campaign trail this morning. Joining us is Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So Justin Trudeau, the Liberal leader, continues to encounter protesters wherever he goes. And yesterday, He took a a different approach in responding to them, condemning the protesters as threatening the safety and security of others, and also attacking Aaron O'Toole for not doing enough to denounce those protests. Um, Do you think there is the potential for this to become a wedge for Justin Trudeau? Will it work to his advantage if he comes down strongly on the side of vaccines, vaccine passports, and mandatory vaccines for traveling on planes and trains and working in the federal public service. Yeah, it's it, it's a really interesting dilemma for him out there. I was out there on the road with him uh, over the weekend, and uh, I, I saw some of those protests. And I, I really, I'm, I'm struck by the the sort of division that or that Trudeau's going to have to make in replying to these, because on one level, he still is the Prime Minister of Canada. He hopes to remain Prime Minister of Canada. And then he's also a campaigning politician. Um, You don't want to find that um, after a bruising election campaign that you've got a polarized uh, electorate on issues of things like vaccinations. And so I think he saw him responding on... Friday after the first really scary one of these protests. And I, I will say they are scary. I stood in the middle of one on Sunday and they are frightening. Um, you don't. You saw him on Friday saying, we have to show these people some compassion. We have to understand that they've had a hard year. And that was Trudeau, I think, being prime minister, saying, you know, he has to govern for all Canadians. And what you saw yesterday uh, was him being more Trudeau, the Liberal leader. Uh, I'm not sure that, that I'd go so far to say... Yes, he probably could go so far as to say there was it was, it was trying to become a wedge issue. Yeah. The problem is, is those protesters are not conservatives, O'Toole conservatives. Um, some of them are, so, and some of them were last Friday for sure. 
Some of them are with Maxime Bernier and the People's Party. Some of them, uh, I'll just, I won't put too fine a point, are wingnuts. They're, uh, they're conspiracy theorists. They're crazy. Um, they're uh, terrifying uh, in their ignorance. Uh, they, they have no deference to any authority whatsoever. And that one gets the sense that if O'Toole was prime minister, they would be yelling about flying saucers and stuff too. So uh, on, on one hand, Trudeau's not risking anything in, in you know, offending that part of the electorate. But, but he does have, you know, um, he does have the mantle of prime minister to wear too. And I think it, it's a really delicate issue how you handle these things. But nobody should tiptoe around it, and nobody should try to say that this is protest like we've seen before in in other places. I have never seen anything like this, and uh, some of it is being organized, as we the Star has been reporting. Some of it is spontaneous, but all of it is very frightening to see it exist in Canada. It's to- totally frightening. Yeah, and I'll point out that uh, Stephen Lecce, the education minister in Ontario, who's part of a progressive conservative government, uh, also faced some protesters recently as well. So uh, this this yeah. seems to be more about the issue and less about partisan politics. Although obviously they're in the in the context of the federal election, they're uh, they're uh, they're channeling their their anger at Justin Trudeau, who is the current prime minister, uh, the incumbent prime minister. So. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, the, the way I wrote it was, um, I, I said that it, it's like somebody put Donald Trump's people on Donald Trump's politics and the pandemic into a test tube and shook it up. That's right. what uh, looks like Canada's two biggest nightmares of the last uh, six years have been turned into one phenomenon. Hmm. So let's talk about Justin Trudeau's platform, because um, after other parties released theirs quite early in the campaign, uh, we're now almost at the halfway point of the campaign, and Trudeau is just releasing his platform today, the day before the French language debate uh, on TVA. Uh, What do you expect from that? I think there's going to be a a lot of talk about uh, the spending in it, because that's sort of a sleeper issue, and we're wondering, you know, is there a constituency out there in Canada that's getting worried about the spending? And there were, you know, um, serious reports yesterday and revisions of um, uh, uh, to projections showing that Canada's economy is actually contracting. And both uh, Trudeau and O'Toole, as my colleague Heather Schofield points out in a really good column in today's paper, points out both of those platforms uh, conservatives and whatever the liberals is coming from the liberals will depend on uh, depend on growth in the economy and if growth is not happening that raises some questions I'd, I'll be really curious I'm going to go to the lockup and then uh, listen to the to the liberal leader uh, at 10 o'clock because I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any big ideas in it you know we've had a throne speech a budget from from this uh, liberal government, and I'm finding that the campaign that they're running is a very bureaucratic one. It's it's um, it's very careful. It's um, most of the announcements. I was again out there on the road, and most of the announcements, all reporters are struggling to find out what's the new thing in there because most of them have been reannounced, and 
there there has not been a wow factor to anything the Liberals have announced so far on the road. Nothing memorable. Everything has sort of been announced before the campaign. So I'm I'm kind of looking like every shallow journalist for a shiny object. Yeah. And uh, and also though, um, how conservative or non conservative it is economically and. Everybody's going to be comparing the, uh, you know, all the platforms against each other. Timing, I should say, is an issue. In this campaign, people can vote early. Well, most campaigns, people can vote early. But uh, the reason the Conservatives and, and New Democrats got out early with theirs was they, they, they're trying to encourage people to, the, to do the mail-in vote and, and get their vote locked away. So that, too, is, is interesting. The, the, the Liberals' timing on this is very conservative, very bureaucratic, very traditional, mid-campaign uh, platform release, as though this was a normal campaign. And um, so, I, I again, um, most of their announcements have kind of faded into the background of other things, and I think their hope is this platform will will change things. Yeah. All right, let's turn to some of the other policy announcements that have come out. And, and uh, it's interesting to see what the leaders are talking about leading into the debates. There's there's one tomorrow night, as I mentioned, and two next week. Uh, Aaron O'Toole is talking about balancing the budget in 10 years um, and, and doing it by growing the economy without making major cuts to expenditures in areas like health care. Jagmeet Singh continues to talk about uh, going after the wealthy, uh, people who uh, make millions of dollars flipping houses. Uh, and, of course, he's talked previously about taxing the wealthy. So uh, what are your thoughts on on the, on the what the leaders are saying and how that frames this election? Well, I think um, Jagmeet Singh is, um, you know, he, he's sort of floating uh, along uh, in this conversation, too. It's... Talking about the ultra rich and wanting to tax them, and so on, is um, is a pretty safe thing now in Canada. There's a, there's pretty much consensus. There's no party that represents rich people in Canada, which is just as well because if uh, it's not been a year to get rich unless you know you're very very selected people. So, Jagmeet Singh, on one hand, on one hand, his his talk of and the way he frames the economy is pretty safe. Um, uh, but it sounds like lofty promises to do like, big things. I think you're starting to see some... You see my, my colleague Alex Ballingal has been writing um, and looking into more seriously uh, the consequences of his you know, cracking down on uh, subsidies to oil companies and, and to resource companies and, and what damage that could do to the economy. And I think you're going to see things pressed a little bit more on some of these things that sound easy to say, but very hard to do. Uh, O'Toole, as we were talking about earlier, too, is going to be pressed today, I would imagine, because of the the gap now between what was forecast for the Canadian economy and what is actually happening. And O'Toole has been trying to be a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say liberal, but he's, uh, you know, his appeals to unions and he, he's trying to, to take his true blue leadership campaign more to a shade of, you know, bluish red with, you know, some 
looking for those blue blue liberals too. So um, again, I'm not sure that we're going to have an economic debate, a serious one, before the end of this election. And we are at the halfway mark, I believe, today. And I'm not sure how much it's going to feature in the debates that start tomorrow night. But I, you get the sense it's bubbling up there. And, uh, and maybe after the election is over, we are going to talk about that too. Yeah. All right. It's going to be an interesting day and uh, an interesting few days with debates coming up tomorrow night and next week. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Well, I will not have an Ottawa knows best approach. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Sun, Joe Oliver argues it's premature for Aaron O'Toole to measure the drapes for 24 Sussex Drive, but clearly he has momentum. Oliver writes, Aaron O'Toole is resonating with the public. Prior to an election, it's difficult for an opposition leader to attract attention. Now the media is covering him, and he has defined himself in a way that people find appealing, moderate, friendly, and articulate about the party's detailed platform. Given the litany of liberal failures, it should not come as a surprise that voters are questioning whether they want more of the same, especially since there is an attractive alternative. In the Toronto Star, David Olive argues, Justin Trudeau seems intent to not run on his own successful track record. Olive writes, For the third election in a row, Trudeau is running on a platform of not being his chief rival. That's about it. In 2015, Trudeau wasn't Stephen Harper. In 2019, he wasn't Andrew Scheer. This year, Trudeau is running on not being Aaron O'Toole. That is not an uncommon campaign strategy. Indeed, superb leaders choosing not to explain themselves during and between elections has become a new norm. At Policy Options, Mostafa Askari, Sahir Khan, and Kevin Page consider inflation as an election issue. They write, It is fair to ask political leaders about the role that both monetary and fiscal policy can play to support growth and prosperity and influence inflation. But if it becomes an important issue, then we are taking valuable debate time away from the public health crisis, the climate change crisis, and the need to transition Canada through the pandemic and economic recovery to a more sustainable, fair, and resilient future. Inflation is a future risk. It has not created an immediate crisis. Now here's what's coming up on the campaign trail today. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will make an announcement and speak with the media in Toronto. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is in Ottawa, where he'll make an announcement and hold a news conference. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will make an announcement and hold a town hall meeting in Montreal. Green Party leader Annamie Paul will hold a virtual meeting and news conference in Toronto. And Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference in Montreal. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, September the 1st. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say every weekday on CPAC at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.